Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Uh, I am reading Galatians 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Thank you, everybody. Awesome. Thank you, Dan, for the bow bump. Awesome, awesome. Um, So we've been going through a series called Homegrown Faith. Um, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, I got the opportunity and I, um, I, I brought some fruit with me. It was all on the online thing and I had a couple different fruits and, uh, because we've been doing this analogy of how the church, um, is not so much like a supermarket, even though a lot of times we treat it like that, where we just show up and the supermarket has everything we need and so we just show up with you know ourselves and we just take everything um and and a lot of times we can slip into the habit that church is a place on sunday um you know i understand that like this this gathering isn't the church we the people are the church and so we can be the church on wednesday night too we can be the church on thursday and tuesday and in fact more often we're the church rather than Sunday. But um, with that said, we have this idea that it's like that, and we come here and we just show up and we're like, well, I'm just going to like take from the gathering, and that's my time at the supermarket. Versus uh, how we believe the Bible speaks and Jesus speaks about what the church would look like is more like a farmer's market, um, a place that you come and you bring. You gr- you did the work at home. You grew stuff, you know, whatever it is that you grow, and you bring it to the farmer's market, and and then all of a sudden you have fruit to give. But then you can also go, you know, like people who are it'll probably wander around and they'll pick some fruit and some veggies and you know, and they'll. Uh, they'll receive the benefit of other people's fruit. And that's not wrong. It's not wrong to be here and receive the fruit uh, from somebody else. But what's wrong is, is when you only come and receive and you never give. And so um, I think that's like right on in line with what we're going to talk about today because we've, we've talked about um, different methods of growing at home. Now, uh, we can get... We can easily be confused to believe that the methods of growth are the fruit. Well, in in reality, the methods of of us growing. So we, I'll kind of walk through some of them. We've talked about fasting. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about reading your Bible. We've talked about obedience. We've talked about solitude. We've talked about teaching and scripture memory. We talked about that last time. Um, not all of these things really are fruit they're more just the the what you do at home when you're tilling the ground and you're and you're watering it and you're you're doing that if that's not fruit okay you don't you know you don't go to the marker the farmer's market and you say you're like offering people to, you're like offering to like 
water their plants. They're like, no, we've already got it. We've got the fruit here already. We did that work at home. And so we've talked about the methods of growth and that the fruit will come later. And you can bring that fruit uh, to the gathering. Often the methods of growth in us are actually the result of somebody else's fruit, right? In fact, the only reason a lot of times that I've spent time fasting and saying no to myself uh, and no to my desire to eat you know, foods, specifically things that I like, um, is because the fruit of somebody else sharing with me the, the blessing of saying no to yourself and saying yes to God. You know, the, the, the fruit of, uh, or the method of solitude in my life is because someone shared with me about the blessing they received by just being alone with God. Or maybe I was just reading my Bible and I just saw that Jesus loved to be alone with God and the, and the necessity of spending time alone with God in quietness because everything in my brain says, I want to be stimulated, I want to be stimulated. I just want to be stimulated, right? We all want that. And so, um, you know, differentiating the methods of growth versus the fruit. I kind of did that the last time that I spoke. And uh, now what's interesting is some of these methods can be both. Um, specifically in the, in the context of a worship gathering, a worship service. Um, so you don't come and bring your fruit of fasting to here. Because then you'd be like, you just stand up and say, hey, I'm fasting. And, and that's directly against some of the stuff that Jesus taught about fasting. He said, he said, don't let people know about it so that they can praise you for it because you don't want to boast about it. You know, we don't bring solitude to a Sunday gathering. That would be kind of weird. Someone just like, they come here to be with the people and then they sit up in the corner and they don't say anything to anyone and they want to be quiet. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's solitude's good. But maybe don't bring it to church on Sunday. Um, you know, obedience is kind of one that you would you'd sort of bring, but it's more something that you just do on an, on an everyday, you know, sort of basis. Uh, maybe some of the ones that you do bring. Uh, Dan. Dan loves to come and read scripture. And it's, it's wonderful. And I love that. And, and that, in a, in a way, that's a method that Dan grows, but that's also a fruit that he's offering. Um, but in the, in the sense that, like, we're reading God's word, like... Uh, I hope that the the only scripture that you're reading is not here on Sunday, because um, that would be selling God's word way short. Um, you know, teaching is something I talked about uh, when I when I talked last time. I talked about teaching, and teaching is certainly something that grows me because it calls me to something higher, and I grow the most in the in the process of teaching others. You know, uh, who are my teachers here? Can we get some raised hands? I I got I see one too. What do we got? I I know one, we got Nancy in here. We've got teachers here. Teach, you grow the most when you teach. Am I right? Do you guys, yeah, you learn of a lot more when I have to teach it than when I just have to listen to it and get information. And so that is something I, I bring to the table. Um, prayer is certainly something gathering. Um, as a, it might be a little different. Maybe prayer at home would be sort of mixed with the solitude where prayer here would be a communal. Um, but, uh, but then this last one, and this is what we're going to talk about today, which is serving. And serving is, it's a lifestyle. It's not, a, it's not a, maybe such, so much of an act for a Christian. You see, a non-Christian might act in a way of serving or, or might do an act of service, but a, but a Christian is a servant. 
And there, there's a difference in that language because our lifestyle is one of servants, not not we serve once in a while. And uh, I, I used to do this more often, and I, I want to get in the habit of doing it more, um, but uh, it's this upward, inward, outward posture, especially when we're looking at the Bible. Okay, It's got to start... What it, Whenever we're talking about any kind of topic, you've got to start by looking up at God. If you start looking anywhere else other than God, then you're just gonna you're just gonna mirror whatever you know. If I'm if I would like, let's just say I want to learn how to serve, and so I go to somebody who I think is a really good servant. Now that's not bad. It's not bad to seek you know a mentor or an example, but I'm only going to be able to ultimately serve as well as they serve. Well, why as a Christian? If I have access to God, am I going to my first my first, you know, like example, why would I go to another human being who's flawed and they might be good and they might they might have a, a good heart and they might, you know, serve in a godly way, but why not look first at God? And I, I think we've we've gotta do that. We've gotta start by looking up and uh, and so when we look up at God, um, I want to read a passage for you guys, um, a pretty familiar passage from Philippians 2, verses uh, 5 through 8. This is actually talking about uh, Jesus's, uh, when he became a man, what that actually meant, the humility that he had from perfectly God to being to being 100% man. And it says in verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. I don't know how to paint it any more clear if, if we should serve or how we should serve. But Jesus, the the act of being being completely God and, and that's like understanding how big God is 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 something that will rack my brain for as long as I will ever live. And 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 I hope it is for you because God is so big and so beyond our comprehension that we'll never be able to understand the sacrifice that Jesus did going from being God to being a mortal human being. I mean, that, that, that act of humility. And really, that's kind of what service is. Being a servant is being able to humble yourself, to come below somebody else, and to help them, to sacrifice some way for them. Um, to make and the focus is on is on the other person lifting them up in some way right and that was what Jesus did Jesus came down for the sole purpose definitely not to lift himself up because he had to lower himself like crazy to lift us up right alright so that's upward okay we see God and we're like alright God we I can see you and I see that service or or really humility is so important to you because you went through those lengths. So now let's look inward. Okay, so there's upward. We looked at God. Inward is is motivated by the upward. 
Okay? So inward, what's, what does that do to you? What is, when you look at God, what does it change within you? What does it do? And, man, as I look at that passage, what uh, the, the real, like, I understand that, you know, service is important to God. I, I get that. But what it, what it really tells me is that uh, it doesn't matter who I am. Doesn't matter how how small, in terms of social status, maybe how little social status or ego that I have, or how big I could be, the most popular, richest, whatever you name it, whatever you you know people value in this world, I have the most of that. I could be the top, and it doesn't matter who you are. Is that I am never above serving someone else because even if I'm at the highest highest rank, I'm the president of the world, whatever, if there is a president of the world, I'm the president of the world, and and then I humble myself to serve a homeless man, that's still nowhere close to the amount of service that Jesus did for us when he came down and he just lived as a human being, much less die for us. And so uh, when we look inward, it, we've got to know that there's nobody below us. There's no one, there's no one that we cannot or there's, yeah, there's just no one that we 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 don't have the ability to serve, or we or there's no one that we're above serving. That's the I'm sorry, I'm like fumbling with my words. There's nobody that we're above serving, and uh, you know I, I I often think that I have to like the person that I think doesn't deserve my service at all. It might usually it's an enemy of ours. Maybe it's somebody who's really us or wronged us. Um, you know, I had a, I had a really, uh, good conversation with my dad this week, um, about somebody who had really hurt and wronged him. And I can hear it in his voice and his anger. And, and I wanted to help him see that it, that, that person was probably the lowest person in his, you know, value system that like, there's nobody he values less than that person. So I don't know who that is for you. And, and I, I shared with him that like, man, when Jesus did what he did and he came down and he died for you, like that was so much greater than if you were to serve this person. And I don't know what that looks like for you guys, but the act of serving, there's nobody who's, who's above or you're never above serving somebody else. Well, now let's look outward. Okay. So if we look upward at God, we see who he is. Okay, that's who God is. Then we look inward and we see, well, how does that change me within? And what does that change the way I serve? I'm not above anybody else. Okay, so I, that means everybody is, uh, is available for my service. And, uh, and then outward, um, I like to look at John chapter 13. This is another very familiar passage where whenever you talk about serving, you have to do this. You have to talk about this because this is the prime example of Jesus serving. And that was when uh, Eunice and I actually did it at our wedding. We washed each other's feet. Um, and, uh, and it's the act of Jesus, the, the head of, of this group of people. He's, you know, he's performed miracles. They believe this guy is the long-promised Messiah. They've been waiting you know, anywhere from 400 to 1,000 years, depending on which you're listening to. They've been 
waiting and waiting, and this is the guy. He's performed. They saw miracles by this guy, and they're like, we'll follow you anywhere. Like, you're the guy. You have the, you know, even though your stuff is hard, we're going to follow you. And uh, and that it was must have been so against their thinking for him to get down as a servant. I mean, like one of the, the most menial tasks, which is to to actually wash somebody's feet. I don't know if you guys have ever washed somebody's feet, but it's like it almost feels degrading. Like you're just like, man, your feet are gross. Like we're all of our feet are gross, you know, but um, but it's it's this beautiful expression as Jesus washes his disciples feet. And then he says uh, in uh, John 13, um, verse 15, he says, for I've given you an example you or that you should do just as I have done to you. You should do just as I have done. If you want an example, look at the example of Jesus. And that's one example. Um, I, I think it's interesting that we as humans often point to that as Jesus' service towards us, where Jesus would probably be like, are you kidding me? Like me washing your feet at that point was just like, that was like whatever. Like I was God and I became man. You know, look at that one. But we like to look at that one because it makes more sense. And I know how to wash somebody's feet. I don't know how to become God and then not become God. That's that's all out of my out of my wheelhouse. So uh, maybe that's what it is. But um, but yeah. So we looked upward and we saw God. We looked inward. How does that change us? We're not above serving anyone. And we looked outward and we we. Are uh, are seeing Jesus as an example, and we're and we're going and we're serving others. We're serving others, okay. And that could be, uh, you know, in your home. That could be in your church family. That could be in the community. Um, I think a lot of people in churches get stuck serving in their church, and they don't actually serve their community. One of the most beautiful things I found out after showing up here was this community, Lincoln and Woodstock. They already value a lot of stuff. And they put a lot of time and effort into those things that they value. And a lot of them are really cool things like the families and the kids and, you know, and skiing and snowboarding at the kink. And what I realized was, man, I don't have to just like show up and do a bunch of new things. I can just show up and help them with the things that they're doing. I can serve in the things that they're doing. And uh, and all of a sudden, like I without even really thinking about it, I became like a light in a community. And that was beautiful. And I'm not trying to like. Uh, you know, it might be a small example, but like we we as the church need to just not we, we shouldn't just huddle up. We do that often. We do that often, and we just serve only Christians, and we don't serve anybody else. We don't serve in our community. Serve in your community. We're called to be a light on a hill, right? Um, I want to look at that John or sorry, not John Galatians five thirteen. So you guys can look at your bulletins um, if you have them. The Galatians 5.13, and this verse kind of stuck out to me. You know, when we're looking at sermons and we have a topic in mind, it's called a topical Bible study, um, you know, you'll you'll pick a topic, and then you, what we'll often do in this generation, I'll go to Google and I'll say, Bible verses about serving, and I'll get any number of them, you know, and I'll, I'll go through them, and I'll, I'll look and see kind of what one fits sort of with with uh, you know what I'm talking about, and I saw this one, and this one kind of stood out a little bit. Well, when you read the book of Galatians, um, it's 
the context of this is that, that uh, there's these two camps of Christians in the early going, okay? Um, there's two, you know, belief or like thought systems within it. And there's the Jewish thought system, which they have lots of religious traditions. They had lots and lots of things that they did. But one of the most important things that they did that that identified them as Jewish people um, was the act of circumcision. Okay, that was that was this really identifying characteristic of the early Jewish people, and it was um, something that they all did. And so these Jewish people were like, "Oh yeah, like Jesus, he's the Messiah. We believe it." But then they they're like, "Well, we're not going to stop all of our." you know, stuff, our, our law stuff, our circumcision stuff. We're not going to stop that stuff. And then there's this new camp of people called the Gentiles, which are probably 95% of us here. Um, and uh, these are the non-Jewish people, and they didn't grow up doing any of this stuff. They didn't grow up following the law that, that the Jewish people had. They didn't grow up you know, and a lot of them were were not circumcised because they were not identified in that way, like the Jewish people were. And the this camp of the Jewish people were like, you need to do, you need to get circumcised, and you need to follow all the rules of the law, and then you can be saved. And then the Jewish people or the non-Jewish people were like, well, I thought it was just by faith that we're saved. That was the whole reason for Jesus. And and so Paul, um, who was uh, one, probably one of the most popular and famous apostles, and he wrote most of the New Testament that we have today, wrote this book of Galatians to address this very issue, okay? So, all right, what does this have to do with serving? Well, we get to this passage in in Galatians 5.13. I'm going to read it one more time. That was just, I wanted to give us some context. I think it's super important to know your context when you're reading a passage, because I could take any of these verses and twist them almost any way I want. And maybe you wouldn't know the difference. Um, so know the context. For I have... Oh, sorry. No, that's a different one. <laughs> that was John thirteen fifteen, Galatians five thirteen. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. What was interesting was that... Um, as I looked at it, freedom in Christ, or freedom maybe from the law, because Paul was Paul was in the in the category that was saying the law is not void in the sense that you don't you know don't just go around doing whatever you want, but but you're saved by grace through faith, and so a lot of the ritualistic really the Jewish people wanted to hold to the the ritualistic things, they weren't like the moral law, okay. I don't think Gentiles had issues, you know, adhering to the moral law, like I shouldn't kill my neighbor or I shouldn't steal or stuff like that. They they were having issues following this ritualistic law, and the Jewish people were trying to put the burden of all these rituals on them. And, uh, and Paul's saying, listen, you couldn't even hold up to that ritualistic law. You couldn't hold up to it. So I'm going to, like he says, we're free from that. And so freedom from Christ specifically freedom from the law or freedom in Christ from the law uh, equals service without gain and love abundantly. It's when I am free, when I am free from the, the, the burden 
here's what the law is, basically. It's us trying to work our way to God. When I am free from the burden of trying to work and be good enough to show up to church enough times, to read my Bible enough times, to do enough nice acts of service because I'm trying to work my way to God, when I'm free from that burden of trying to constantly earn God's love, when I'm free from that, now I'm able to serve in a whole new way. I'm able, able, able to serve without gain for myself. I'm able to serve and, and have love abundantly for people even if they don't deserve it. Jesus hung on the cross saying, Jesus or God forgive them. They know not what they're doing as they were crucifying him. We can, when, when we have freedom in Christ, we can serve uh, without gain. You know what's, what's interesting is that often when I'm serving, I actually receive more freedom. I used to think, we, we usually think that freedom just means I don't have to follow anyone else's rules. But when I serve others, I'm, I'm now, like, my, my, my default is to be uh, connected to my happiness, my joy, you know, building up myself. But when I take the focus off of me and I put it on someone else and I serve them, all of a sudden I find more freedom in that. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that so cool how God did that? He's like, he's like, listen, you're going to be the most free when you're not thinking about your freedom. You're going to be the most free when you stop thinking about your freedom. And so, there we go. I got one. Casey over there. Is that, or no, is that Brooke? Awesome. <laughs> Anyways, we're most free when we're serving because our focus isn't on us. It's on someone else. And uh, I, I want to kind of wrap it up, but um, are you serving within your ability? Or are you serving uh, using God's ability? Um, often I serve about, you know, through my abundance, um, but to serve enough where I have to trust him. Because I can serve on my own strength in a way that, that is easy. I can handle it. I don't have to, I don't have to ask God for strength or, or provision. You know, sometimes we just we serve out of abundance rather than we serve out of a need and trust in God. God to do something. And uh, I, all this talk about serving, you know, it, I personally think it's one of the, it's another one of those really, really beneficial tools for us to grow in our faith. Um, but how do we do we do it effectively kind of ways as we look at Jesus and we look at what he did and our freedom from the law and how that gives us freedom to serve in a different way. Um, I'm a big fan of skateboarding. Um, I, uh, there's a, there's a guy by the name, um, he's, he's a little less known than maybe your Tony Hawk. Um, but his name is Rodney Mullen. Now, um, I'll, in my free time, I'll just watch some skateboarding videos here and there. And I, I, I mean, I like a lot of the action sports, but um, Rodney M Mullen is this really uh, interesting guy. He's, uh, in essence, the father of much of what we see, see in skateboarding today. So he invented the ollie, which is the most, probably one of the most recognizable tricks. He invented the kickflip. Um, I think he invented the 360 flip as well, um, and which which is so much 
of what we think of skateboarding today. And he he fathered these things because back in the early days he was so he always wanted to think differently, want to think outside the box, and he and he practiced. Man, did he practice! I heard back in the days when he was a professional. I mean, I t- think technically he's still a professional, but back in the days when he was really competing and pushing it, they were saying he was practicing for nine hours a day, and he won everything. I mean, he was so consistent because he practiced nine hours a day, nine hours a day. That's crazy. And all these other pros who are traveling with him are like, how in the world are we supposed to beat this guy? Who practices nine hours a day? You got to eat, you know, and, uh, and, and even nowadays, he's like 53 now. Nowadays, he'll, he'll be up till two or three in the morning just skateboarding. And you're like, what? And I was listening to the, him talk, and he, he does a lot of speaking now. And he talked about, and this really struck me. They're like, well, how do you keep doing it? Like, what keeps you up at night for two skateboarding? And you're 53. You were one of the best skateboarders to ever live. You don't have, like, you don't have anything else to prove. What in the world keeps skateboarding? And he's like, man, like, I learned, he, you know, he, it's not that he wasn't he was perfect through it all, but he's like, I learned that when I was competing, if my focus was on the competition, my focus was on how well I did, and my focus was to anything, basically it was anything other than the love of skateboarding, I'd grow weary, I'd grow tired, I'd, I'd, I'd start to hate it, I'd start to want to do other things, uh, I'd move on. But, it, but as long as I kept my focus and my snowboarding, or snowboarding, skateboarding he loved loved skateboarding as long as he kept his focus on his love for skateboarding, he'd skate for nine hours a day he'd skate till two or three. he'll still do that till he's 53 years old well i want to encourage you guys is that if your love becomes anything other than jesus it's a matter of time it's only a matter of time until until you can't do it anymore it's too hard the people you're serving they're they just aren't being they're not giving you you know they're not thankful they're not loving to you they just take they take from you without giving anything back and you just feel like you're just you're just like exhausting yourself as long as you keep your focus away from Jesus uh, you'll drown but man the promise that Scripture gives is that when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, I want to I read this passage, and it says it all. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and it just talked in Hebrews 11 about all these, uh, these amazing men of faith throughout the Scriptures. And then it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You guys, that's our only hope. That's our only hope to continually to do any of these things that we've talked about, to serve in that kind of way, 
You'll never do it unless you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And this morning, if you guys are in a place that you're like, you know what, I've been doing the stuff. I've been doing the serving. I've been doing the reading. You know, I've been doing the fasting, the solitude, all those things. But you're just continuing to grow weary and faint-hearted. Well, could it be that you've never fixed your eyes on Jesus? That he would be, that the love for Jesus would be the the end-all, be-all, the, 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 f- the focus of your whole life, your whole ministry, could it be that that's what it is? And so today, um, you know, if that's a decision that you want to make to, to fix your eyes on Jesus and you say, you know what, I'm tired of trying to work my way. I'm trying to, tired of trying to do all these things without fixing my eyes on Jesus because it's, it's fixing our eyes on Jesus that is what gives us the strength to do it, but it gives us the, the forgiveness from our sins. It says that um, if we put our trust in him, God is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins. You know, I think of I think of all sorts of passages like John three sixteen. You know, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not die but have eternal life. Put your trust in Him. Put your eyes. Fix your eyes. And and maybe if you're in a season, you're like, you know what? I've trusted in Jesus. I love Him, but I just my eyes wander. If that's you, then then I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for the people who are deciding to follow Jesus for the first time. Um, but we've got to fix our eyes on him. Father, uh, thank you for um, your word. Thank you that you did not count yourself to be above us in the sense that you would never serve us. Uh, Father, thank you for sending Jesus because without the way that you served us and sent him to to live the life that we to do basically our job, we could never we could never be good enough to uh, to reach you. We could never uh, like we'd never be good enough. Father, help us today to fix our eyes. Help us put our trust in Jesus alone as we. As we go out and we serve, as we um, as we teach our families or our friends, as we you know go through all these different methods of growing and different fruits that we bring, um, Father, help us to do it by Your strength through fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's our only hope. Father, I pray that um, for anyone here today who's decided maybe for the first time to fix their eyes on Jesus that. That, uh, that they wouldn't be silent about it, that they would talk to somebody, they would talk to us, that they would talk to somebody they came with, um, whoever it is, or even online, maybe someone, someone's online and, and decided to fix their eyes on you, Father. I pray that they would, they would not keep silent about it and they would ask and that they would seek you. Father, we love you. We pray all these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.